say this often, I just love coming on Sunday mornings and getting going and coming to church just to be with you and to, uh, to be in his presence. You know, I, I just, just slightly recovering after a time of worship, amazing time of just, just simple songs to Jesus as we sing them. And just in that final song, we're saying, God, let us be more aware of your presence. His presence, because his presence is here. He's here, he's literally here in the room and he literally comes to us and he reveals himself to us. And when God reveals himself to us, it changes us. It changes us on the inside out. And uh, I said, I think last week about self-help groups and, uh, and reading books and stuff for life change. And whilst I wholeheartedly recommend many of those things, there is nothing like the presence of Jesus for life change and changing us. And so we, uh, you join us if you're our guest here this morning. We're on our third week of Your Kingdom Come, looking at this heavenly reality here now on earth as it is in heaven, come from that, the prayer that Jesus taught us. And we believe and we know and we've experienced as a people, those of us who know Jesus, that his kingdom is here on earth and it's available to us. In the mundane and the busyness of life, God, when he reveals himself through his presence, we see that there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more that's going on. And uh, so we want to just dive in and take things a little bit further. And as we do that, I really want us to uh, help revision our lives in and around the kingdom. Because as we've been looking at this, my guess is some of you are beginning to grasp a bit of, well, what's he actually banging on about? What's he, what's he talking about, this kingdom thing? How long is this going to last? It's going to last a few weeks, by the way, so get used to it. And if you've missed the last couple of weeks, um, tune in and, and, and hear what you've missed so far. But this vision, this, uh, this vision, this reality that Jesus came, when he came, he spoke about the kingdom. And he talked about mustard seeds and weeds and all kind of stuff. But he also demonstrated the kingdom, this reality, this, uh, this thing that goes on in heaven that can come to his people on earth. And my guess is that you're sitting there thinking, okay, that's all very nice, but I just don't see it. I just don't see it right now in my life. I just don't see it going on in, in the places where I go to. I'm just going from one place to another to another, but I just don't see the kingdom. And so this morning, what we're beginning to do, and we're going to journey this over the next few weeks, is beginning to get our eyesight. For some of us, it's getting our eyesight back. And for some of us, it's about getting our eyesight and beginning to tune in and see more clearly, to begin to see the kingdom, to see what is actually going on. In and around us. Because here's the thing. Think of your ordinary life. Think of an ordinary day for you. Waking up and having breakfast, maybe going to work or looking after the kids or whatever it is that you do. Where do you go? Who are the people that you pass by? The people in the street, the people on the carriage as you share with them, all those folks as you get the train into Belfast or wherever it is that you go. Your neighbor who puts out the bin the person who serves you a coffee that morning, the children in the playground, the guys doing the roadworks, whatever it is, whoever they are, wherever we go, that's our ordinary life. Every single day, it's the mundane, the humdrum. But where is the kingdom? Because the kingdom is near, because that's what Jesus spoke of. He said, the kingdom is near. Come, come, come see, come see. And so what we're trying to do, and what I'm trying to do is just help us begin to retune and see where the kingdom 
is at work. Let's start here. Jesus started. He's, uh, he's 30 years of age. And uh, he's begun this ministry. And he's on a hillside in Capernaum. It's in the north of Israel. It's not far from where he grew up in, uh, in Nazareth. And uh, he's, the, he's the latest rabbi to show up on the scene. And he begins to teach. And, uh, and he says these things. He says from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And this is the starting place for us to get our eyesight back. And it was also the starting place for the people of Israel. You see, the, ki- the concept of this kingdom was something that the people of Israel were expecting. It was nothing new. They'd expected this king to come. The prophets in the Old Testament, the Psalms speak of this coming king. It was something to the chosen people of Israel that was expected that this king would come and everything would change. Freedom from oppressors. The world would finally know the true God. The king would physically be with them and not just listening to their prayers or hiding in their laws. He would walk the streets, talk in the markets, and he would lead their army. It was something that the people of Israel all those years ago were expecting. The king to come to establish a new kingdom. This is what Zechariah said. Shout and be glad, daughter Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. You can imagine the hearers on the hillside then listening to these stories that Jesus speaks about. He's talking about weeds and seeds and pearls. And they're asking themselves and each other. And they're asking themselves this question. Could he be the one? Could it be him? Could he be the one that we've been looking for? Is he the one that we're longing for? And they're asking this question. For three years they're asking that question. And for three years they put him on trial. Literally at the end. To see whether... Is he the one that we've been looking for, that the prophets have declared and spoken about for years and years and years? And they had good motives. They had good biblical learning and steering towards the promise. And they'd actually seen evidence of miracles that Jesus performed. They believed in the kingdom, but most of them rejected the king. Isn't that right? They saw him open the eyes of the blind. They saw him raise people from the dead. They saw him turn the tables. They saw him. They heard him. They heard him speak of these things. But they rejected him, the king. Because their vision, their eyes, their expectancy of what this king would actually look like was not what they saw. They thought it was the king, the Messiah was going to be this. But instead... They got that and they missed it and they missed him and they missed the king. And I think we do the same. I think we do the same because we miss the kingdom. 
we miss in our ordinary running around doing this stuff. Oh, flip, the car's got a flat tire. Oh, oh. Such and such is screaming their head off again. They're arguing again. I'm just talking about our lives. Isn't that right? And in those moments, we can miss him. And we can miss the kingdom. And we need to revision, change the way that we see, to see where he's at work, to see the places that he's at work. He's at work in amongst those who are prostitutes. He's in a, in a work in amongst those that go to prostitutes. He's at work in the prisons. He's at work in the playgrounds. He's work there when you go and collect your children. He's at work in Tesco's as you walk up and down the aisles and you're selecting which packet of cornflakes to have. He's at work. He's at work and he's all the time. But we need to open our eyes and we need to see with the eyes that Jesus gives us. We need to learn to see. And that's why back on that hillside, Jesus begins with his people and I believe he's asking and he's inviting us to do the same. The first thing that he says is repent. It's not a favorite word in our culture. Sure it's not. It's up there with SDDs and tax and penalty and Facebook. Or is that just me? Repent. It's not a great word. Sure it's not. For me, when I hear repent, I think, all right, all right, I'm a scumbag. I need to, I need to, yeah, yeah. Maybe we think of, um, think of the street preacher who's, who's just given it. You must repent, you must, it's hellfire and all that sort of stuff. And it conjures up those kind of emotions. And yet repent is a wonderful word. It's a word full of hope. It's a word full of love. And so I want you to hear this. But before you hear this, I want you to picture this. Picture Jesus. Picture Jesus, just you and him. Looking across a coffee table, you're sharing a latte together. He looks into your eyes and you're looking at him. You, you don't want to look at him because you're shameful, right? You just keep looking away. But he keeps saying, look at me, look at me. He looks at you with eyes of love and of grace and of longing. He looks at you because he knows you and he knows about you. And he just says the word, repent. And then with a wee smile, because that's what he's about. He's about hope, and he's about mercy, he's about grace. And he knows that in repenting, life change takes place. It's about turning. Repentance isn't just about saying sorry. It's about turning, going down one road and one direction, and going a different way. And it's something that we need to do lots if we want to see the kingdom. We need to repent of many things. But on this subject that we're really talking about in terms of seeing the kingdom, here are a few things that I think we need to turn from. And the first is this, that following Jesus and pursuing our own Western want, selfish lifestyle are one and the same. They're not. They're opposing of each other. We spoke about this last week when we spoke about inviting Jesus to be a part of our little kingdoms, like he's some wee puppy dog or Santa Claus. 
That's not how it is. They're opposing forces. The kingdom is about us surrendering. It's about us laying our lives down. It's about us forgetting our own agenda and just saying, whatever, Lord. I surrender all to you. This is about your kingdom. And our culture and our lifestyle is so set around, isn't it? About self and want and gain and all that stuff. It's all about me, Jesus. It's all about me. It's not. It's all about you. But beginning to really, really, truly mean that and work that. And so that's a repentance. That's a, a change. And for some of us, it's a case of, okay, it's all about me, Jesus. To actually know the turning, the repentance is a turning and saying, okay, God, I lay that down. I lay that down. That grip that I have on money and possessions, I lay that down. I trust you with that. That grip that I have about wanting so desperately to be in a relationship with someone else. And by the way, it's okay to feel that and to want that. But the desire and the drive and the occupancy and the mind for all those things. And for other things that I could just come off at the top of my head like those two did and I didn't plan on them. It's, it's like, it's about laying that about us down to follow him. What else to repent of? To repent of smugly held beliefs, especially the ones where we convince ourselves that we're right and that there's actually no need to repent. And there can be an attitude of that within the church. It can be an attitude with us in, in, in our church or in any other church. We think, oh, we've got it sussed. Oh, yeah, that stuff you do. Now nah, we, we do it this way. You've got to repent of that stuff. Okay, um, repent of the attitudes that we have towards God. And again, I, I mentioned those things last week about how we have these thoughts uh, uh, towards God and who he is and what he is. To repent of attitudes that we have towards others. And boy, that's a big one. Boy, that is that difficult when we see certain people doing certain things and we have these opinions and we don't even realize that they're there. We don't even think that they're even there, but they're there. But here's the thing. One of the biggest challenges, I think, to following Jesus into his kingdom is not a lack of direction. It's actually a lack of desire. It's, it's really, do I actually want this? Do I actually want to see the kingdom? Do I actually want to pursue this king that you speak of and that you sing these songs? Do I actually want that? This morning, as we're standing in that corner back over there, a few of us, and we're beginning just to pray before uh, the church, before service meets, I just pray, God, give us a hunger and give us a thirst for you. Give it to us, because without that, sure, we can just rock up and we can rock off. It's God, give us that desire again. Give it to us, birth it in us, that we would want you that we would want the king, that we want to see the kingdom. We often speak about invading the community and changing um, certain things within our culture, within our society, and within our wonderful town of Carrick. And thank God that we are doing this. Thank God that there are some wonderful things taking place and that we're a part of and we long for more. We will see more. We will do more. But we'll only do those things well and right when we capture the heart of the king. If we truly want to live it out, 
truly live out the kingdom, we need to get our hearts right before God first. And that's where we need to repent. That's where we need to turn and focus our attention again on him. Dare to be a shameless plug. There we are. Um, So we started, we had our group on Wednesday evening in the venue, and this is our wee group of ragamuffins who are going to just begin to, or begin to continue to to try and take risks that we would go and we'd do the kingdom, we'd see the kingdom. And what we want to do is cultivate amongst us this lifestyle of risk, of actually stepping out the boat and saying, when someone says to you, oh, I've got a sore such and such, that we actually go out and we say, do you mind if I pray for you for that? Because I know someone who could change that. And I'd like to ask him if he might just intervene a wee bit. Or it might just simply be going and giving something in love. It could be simply opening our doors and sort of saying, come on in, let's have a cup of tea. You know, it's those simple things. And so <clears throat> this group of ours, as we're journeying this, it's going to be really, really exciting. As we uh, shared things, you could sense just the sense of slight fear and nervousness in around it. And that's absolutely normal and natural. And what we are intending on doing in these first couple of weeks is getting our hearts right before Jesus and to see who we are in him first, our identity in him first. And we're inviting God, God, give us a heart, give us a love, give us a compassion for anyone and everyone, that we would see you in those people, that we would always see the best to see with your eyes, to see what you see in those individuals. Because if we don't do that, if we just go and do nice things, well, we're just doing nice things. And there's a big difference between going filled with this Holy Spirit that would reach and touch and bless people. Here's another shameless plug. Our prayer meeting started on Thursday morning past and uh, Chantel went and there were six there, six of you uh, together, 7.15. We just started this last Thursday and we're going to continue this. It's something that we felt God speak to us about in terms of coming before the Lord. And many of you have come to us and said, where do you pray? When do you pray? And we're like, oh, well, we sort of do it in groups and we sort of, uh, well, we do it a bit before we meet on a Sunday and that's good. But we wanted to create an environment where we come before the Lord. There's nothing fancy about it. We don't even make tea and coffee, do we? And you you just come and you just pour your life out. And you're saying, God, come. One of the major things that the guys were praying for on Sunday morning was the town. and was the people of this town. What's that? Sunday, on Thursday. And that's what it was about. It was about that. But again, it's about getting our hearts right. Uh, before the Lord, coming into land. Unless there's a radical turning of the heart, we'll not see the kingdom. We'll miss it. We'll miss it. And I guess a question to you, for you to think about and to ponder about, do you, do we actually want the revolution of Jesus to break into our life, but into the lives of of those around within the community. Nothing will change in our communities until we have a desire for the king first. And he gives us 
compassion. He gives us his heart for his people. And for those followers of Jesus, when they were afraid and they weren't sure whether to trust him or whatever, this is what he said to them. He said, first seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to us. I just think, you know, at the minute there's, um, there's loads of great stuff going on. We're really, really encouraged. We're really excited about, uh, about many things. Um, we're encouraged that many of you are here. Really, we are. You can smile if you like. Uh, we, we, we are. We're, we're really encouraged by um, some of the groups and some of the meetings and some of the things that take place during the week. We're really encouraged. I'm really encouraged by some of the stories that you share with us about what the Father is doing. It's just so exciting. But there's more. Isn't that right? Isn't there more for us? And I just think, like, in about 10 minutes, we're going to go and we'll have our coffee and we'll collect our kids and the madness begins again. Isn't it? The madness just takes over. And our prayer this morning is that we would turn. We would turn our gaze from ourselves and the busyness and everything else that we've spoken of this morning. And we put our gaze and our focus on him again this morning. And we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. We seek you, your kingdom. We seek your righteousness first. And we'll get to be a part of it. And boys, it's going to be so exciting. Hello. Should we stand together? And um, I guess it would be good to... Let's just spend... Just a brief time, we're just going to worship and then we're going to pray.